listeners of the ASI Podcast. This is episode 30. My name is Russ Shaw, and an end to something and the beginning of something. Uh, That's what I'm talking about today, because the ASI Shortcuts Podcast is coming to an end. Uh, I had another little podcast that went with this one. I don't really need two podcasts for the same thing, I realized. (laughs) It was like short little uh, messages. So I am discontinuing that podcast to start another called Punk Theology. See, I don't really talk about sex that much on this podcast. Um, So Punk Theology is this experiment that I've been kicking around and what it means to actually live out a life uh, a faith in what you actually believe, right? This is an examination. It is a, a, uh, everything punk theology is, is, uh, a lot of what I'm about. So I've always been a bit of a Christian mystic, I'm realizing. And so this is, uh, a way to talk about that, work some of that out. I have, uh, myself and five friends who are getting together and putting uh, some topics out there, and we're kicking out around uh, this idea and what punk theology is, and kind of examining our own lives, our own hearts as we move forward in this life. So it'll be interesting. Check it out, punktheology.com. Uh, it's the first episode should be up by the time I'm done recording this. Anyway, uh, so I'm posting the three shows from ASI Shortcuts podcast, the three shows that were the most listened to or that had the most traffic, uh, hundreds of of downloads of these three uh, messages that you're about to hear. And it's my heart really towards uh, helping folks who struggle with this, you know, sexual addiction, with this horrible habit, with this life-altering issue that uh, we would like to see eradicated from our lives. And man, it it really is my heart that are in these three these three podcasts. So enjoy and bidding farewell to the ASI Shortcuts podcast. So let me set this up for you. I've always been fascinated by time travel, right? Or time travel movies, the possibility of time travel. So this sound effect right here, time travel, you get it? And here you go, the three most popular ones. Hello, listeners. Derailing the urge? Is that what I'll title this? I don't know. Why not? Um, one of the things that I've realized over time is that when there's that temptation that rises, you know, and, and I know that it's on smartphones now. Like a lot of you have a smartphone in your pocket. But there is, you know, so it's more impulsive today. But I like to think that there's still this moment in the process where you are going, "Eh, right? There's a point where you're, "Eh, I said I I was breaking up with pornography. I'm doing this again, right? And I think the more that you work the muscle, there's something to that, right? You work that muscle of the pause, the stopping, the wait, the, oh, am I going to 
do this again. You know, you can feel yourself. I, I use the analogy of kind of like the river is rapid at some point and you're sort of wading into it and at some point you get carried away, right? And you're going to relapse or whatever you want to call it. So one of the things that I've realized over the years and I'm still trying to put this to work today in my own life when it comes to overeating, drinking too much, spending too much time on social media. I mean, some of these times where I just feel that, uh, am I gonna, am I gonna do that, right? You know, there's points at which we can realize the pause, the time to pause, and then one of the things I want to uh, influence you with, and again, ASI247.org is the website, Russ at the ASI247.org. Email me if this makes sense or doesn't make sense, or if you've tried to put this to use before and it didn't work. One of the things that I want to impress upon you is the fact that that is a feeling, all right? That kind of, uh, right, am I going to wade out into the rapids again? That's a feeling. So there's a feeling coming up. It's welling up from the inside. It's pulling us in a direction, isn't it? It's a feeling. It's kind of an emotion. I don't know what we attach to that emotion or why, but that's in your own story. And that's where you can start to realize a question, right? What kind of question can you ask yourself at that point in your story? If I do this, I'm gonna feel like crap later. You know, you could throw that out there, and and even that, there's a there's always that's a good question. Why? Why would you feel like crap later? Uh, because I hurt God's feelings, or because I did what I said I wasn't gonna do, and that feels bad. Yeah, that's that's guilt. Shame comes in when you start to feel like, oh, this is just who I am, right? That's the liar in your head that's telling you that. Oh, you just a piece of garbage, right? That, that's, that's a feeling too. And that's a feeling that can keep you stuck for years, all right? So what I want you to do in this episode, the realizing the pause is the one thing, but then derailing that feeling. Like Mark Azulay said on the last podcast, and my friend Seth Taylor says, is to, to kind of step back from it. If that makes sense, if you can, in your psyche somewhere, if you can step away, like watch it, step back from yourself, and just watch those thoughts. Turn your eyes inward, as it were, all right? So you're kind of turning away from that feeling, and you're looking into where it may be welling up from. Like there's shame in there, there's hurt in there, there's past experience in there, there's loneliness in there, there's, you know, stress, and just just observe it, like a, like a kid watching a river roll by, or someone watching buses and traffic go by. Don't do anything, just sit in it watch it. 
And I know that feels horrible at first, but if you leave it, give it some time, you'll learn a lot. And you realize that that thing will lose its power if you let it roll by as a bystander. Sit in the feeling, don't do anything, just wait it out, just breathe. Just realize you are a human being in this world, loved by God no matter what you do. God loves you, he doesn't give up on you. Just realize that and step back and observe the feelings and the emotion. Turn in. Be in the presence of God. You know, in the Buddhist kind of uh, thinking, there's that idea of turning in on yourself, right? Like you're just emptying yourself. I don't, I don't believe that as much. It's just my spirituality. I believe that when we can just breathe, and when you can look at those thoughts and those feelings and ask God about them even, but don't use words, right? Just be in His presence with that. That's why I talk about grace consciousness. Be conscious of the grace that you have and just sit in it, in the presence of God, turning away from that surface stuff that's going on and it feels horrible, it can feel horrible at the time. But sit in it, be in the presence of God and realize that He loves you no matter what. Just stay in it and let it pass. See if that works. ASI, Russ at ASI247.org. I'd love to hear from you if you've put any of that into practice. Bye. Hello, listeners. Encouragement. That's what this little podcast is about. ASI247.org. If any of this is helping even a little, would you please, please go check out the um, Become a Co-Producer, Give to the Podcast page. Uh, Again, they're at ASI247.org. Today, um, reminder, you have today, like this is today. Today, you said goodbye to pornography forever, right? Breaking up with pornography, ending that toxic relationship, and starting a new life starts today. It's it's just today. Don't worry about tomorrow. Don't worry about next Thursday. Don't worry about next month. You know, you're going to be reminded of your track record by that crazy freaking voice in your head. Ignore it for today. You have today. That's it. Get You can do this today, right? That's right. True. Today I wanted to share with you my approach, um, the newer approach of the last six months or so. Um, new cognitive science, the approach of addiction, uh, why I may sound a little different than most people in this area when it comes to approaching addiction. Um, my friend Seth Taylor and I, it's... Uh, 
it's a different approach. And I wanted to unpack some of that. Craig Gross of Triplex Church shared this video, and I thought it was brilliant. And I wanted to play the audio here on the podcast. So that's what I'm going to do today, play the audio from this uh, YouTube video. Uh, the video is adapted from uh, John Harris New York Times bestselling book, Chasing the Scream, The First and Last Days of the War on Drugs. Um, if you would like to check it out, the, the book, uh, Um you can also search for this video. It's uh, the, the YouTube page is, yeah, I can't even pronounce that. Karzak, I don't know. It's it's European, I suppose. Um, but anyway, yes, check out the video, uh, chasingthescream.com, because this is important. This message is important, what, what he has to say here in this video. And uh, that'll be it for the podcast today. Listen to this video. It's a different approach. And it's not just about drugs, right? Our compulsive behaviors that seem to own us, a lot of it has to do with, like I said in the last couple of uploads about, you know, dating and sexual addiction. Check it out. And please check out the GoFundMe uh, that I have going on right now to keep the ASI podcast in business. ASI247.org or GoFundMe.com slash Save the Time Machine. Oh, and real quick, if these podcasts, you're enjoying them, please, could you leave a review on the uh, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or TuneIn? Man, I, I would certainly, I would appreciate that, that, and it helps spread the word, helps raise this uh, podcast in the rankings and make it more visible to those uh, also struggling. So yes, as your Uber Lyft driver through this journey of addiction, would you please leave a five-star review for your for your driver? Anyway. Again, thanks, and here is the audio from the video titled Addiction, in a nutshell. What causes, say, heroin addiction? This is a really stupid question, right? It's obvious. We all know it. Heroin causes heroin addiction. Here's how it works. If you use heroin for 20 days, by day 21, your body would physically crave the drug ferociously because there are chemical hooks in the drug. That's what addiction means. But there's a catch. Almost everything we think we know about addiction is wrong. If you, for example, break your hip, you'll be taken to a hospital and you'll be given loads of diamorphine for weeks or even months. Diamorphine is heroin. It's in fact much stronger heroin than any addict can get on the street because it's not contaminated by all the stuff drug dealers dilute it with. There are people near you being given loads of deluxe heroin in hospitals right now. So at least some of them should become addicts. But this has been closely studied. It doesn't happen. Your grandmother wasn't turned into a junkie by her hip replacement. Why is that? Our current theory of addiction comes in part from a series of experiments that were carried out earlier in the 20th century. The experiment is simple. You take a rat and put it in a cage with two water bottles. 
One is just water, the other is water laced with heroin or cocaine. Almost every time you run this experiment, the rat will become obsessed with the drugged water and keep coming back for more and more until it kills itself. But in the 1970s, Bruce Alexander, a professor of psychology, noticed something odd about this experiment. The rat is put in the cage all alone. It has nothing to do but take the drugs. What would happen, he wondered, if we tried this differently? So he built Rat Park, which is basically heaven for rats. It's a lush cage where the rats would have colored balls, tunnels to scamper down, plenty of friends to play with, and they could have loads of sex, everything a rat about town could want. And they would have the drugged water and the normal water bottles. But here's the fascinating thing. In Rat Park, rats hardly ever use the drugged water. None of them ever use it compulsively. None of them ever overdose. But maybe this is a quirk of rats, right? Well, helpfully, there was a human experiment along the same lines, the Vietnam War. 20% of American troops in Vietnam were using a lot of heroin. People back home were really panicked because they thought there would be hundreds of thousands of junkies on the streets of the United States when the war was over. But a study followed the soldiers home and found something striking. They didn't go to rehab. They didn't even go into withdrawal. 95% of them just stopped after they got home. If you believe the old theory of addiction, that makes no sense. But if you believe Professor Alexander's theory, it makes perfect sense. Because if you're put into a horrific jungle in a foreign country where you don't want to be, and you could be forced to kill or die at any moment, doing heroin is a great way to spend your time. But if you go back to your nice home with your friends and your family, it's the equivalent of being taken out of that first cage and put into a human rat park. It's not the chemicals, it's your cage. We need to think about addiction differently. Human beings have an innate need to bond and connect. When we are happy and healthy, we will bond with the people around us. But when we can't, because we're traumatized, isolated or beaten down by life, we will bond with something that gives us some sense of relief. It might be endlessly checking a smartphone, it might be pornography, video games, Reddit, gambling, or it might be cocaine. But we will bond with something because that is our human nature. The path out of unhealthy bonds is to form healthy bonds, to be connected to people you want to be present with. Addiction is just one symptom of the crisis of disconnection that's happening all around us. We all feel it. Since the 1950s, the average number of close friends an American has has been steadily declining. At the same time, the amount of floor space in their homes has been steadily increasing. To choose floor space over friends, to choose stuff over connection. The war on drugs we've been fighting for almost a century now has made everything worse. Instead of helping people heal and getting their life together, we have cast them out from society. We have made it harder for them to get jobs and become stable. We take benefits and support away from them if we catch them with drugs. We throw them in prison cells, which are literally cages. We put people who are not well in a situation that makes them feel worse and hate them for not recovering. For too long, we've talked only about individual recovery from addiction. But we need now to talk about social recovery, because something has gone wrong with us as a group. We have to build a society that looks a lot more like Rat Park and a lot less like those isolated cages. We are going to have to change the unnatural way we live and rediscover each other. The opposite of addiction is not sobriety. The opposite of addiction is connection. This video is a collaboration with Johan Hari, the author of the book Chasing the Scream, The First and Last Days of the War on Drugs.
He was very kind to work with us on this video to spread the word. We recommend that you give the book a try. Our videos are made thanks to your support on Patreon.com. If you want to help us make more of them, we really appreciate your support. We made an interactive version of this video together with some friends. I'm going to turn this just a little like that. How was your Thanksgiving? Thanksgiving, I love the Thanksgiving concept, right? Gratitude, taking a day to uh, be grateful for stuff. Gratitude, Thanksgiving, it's basically the opposite of entitlement. Entitlement's that feeling that gets inside of us and just makes us feel like there's lack and I'm not getting mine and that life sucks because I didn't get the, the raise or the job I wanted or whatever, right? The girl, I'm not getting enough sex at home, right? There's, all, there's a ton of things we can dwell on that are lacking, but... It's one thing I do like about Thanksgiving is is taking time to dwell on, to think on, to contemplate the the right, the good things that we do have. Thanksgiving, right? Again, the opposite of entitlement. And entitlement's one of those attitudes that gets inside of us and just fuels that, you know, addictive, compulsive nature. I need to feel better. I need to bond to this real quick because it make me feel something. Gratitude will make you feel something as well. It, but it takes time to contemplate on it. Like it takes 20, 30 seconds before we feel it. It's interesting how there's a neuroscientist that said that we feel negative stuff really quickly. We feel it. And we start to build habits around it. Um, our fears, right? We've evolved like this. You could say some of the evolutionary biologists would say we we evolved like that because we're we're being attacked from all sides. We're prey to some animals, and now we sit in traffic. You know, a million years later, and we wonder why we're triggered and unhappy and feeling like we need to take more depression medication, right? This is this is the instant feeling of lack and fear. Uh, that's very true. Contemplation. It's not just Thanksgiving, but contemplation. But the relationship part. Here's the here's the hard part of that. Is is relationships. We can only do what we can do. You know, we can only um, be ourselves with our families. Because the family stuff between now and Christmas, there's a lot of people listen, uh, a lot of uh, folks who looking to connect with something besides the the, the aching hunger, right? Um, and and a lot of it has to do with relationships, and we dwell on those, right? We we dwell on the ones that that don't work, or the ones that have hurt us, or the person that harmed us, or our relationship with our mom or dad or how we feel valued inside over those things. And that can stir up some of those triggery feelings as well. Uh, Doing this podcast today because I had a a listener 
on Reddit. Well, not I don't know, a listener? Why did I say listener? I don't know if this person listens or not. Probably not. <laughs> but hold on, I'm going to adjust the microphone here. This may sound funky. Is that, here we go. Is that better? Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Good. He posted on the website NoFap Christians, which has a the NoFap website, NoFap has over 200,000 people that are signed up to that subreddit who are looking at kicking pornography. And a lot of them aren't Christians, which gives me hope because, you know, I have my Christian friends who say, oh, well, that's just, you know, a Christian thing, right? It's not just my Christian friends, my my Christian naysayer friends, right? Like, you, the reason why you guys don't like looking at porn is because you're Christians and you're religious. It's like, no, no, that's not it. Uh, it's actually something else. That's what the NoFap website is, is great at pointing out. Uh, not just Christians on NoFap, but the NoFap Christian site is Christians. And I, I love to interact with Christians because they're more on a spiritual journey, a spiritual pursuit of this, rather than just a behavior mod kind of 90-day thing. If I can go 90 days without porn, I can break the habit. Well, there's some truth to that. The science is going to say that, yeah, you go 90 days and you are much more likely to kick the habit of anything um, going 90 days. So just white knuckle through 90 days and then it's smooth sailing for there. Well, for me, not necessarily. Uh, and there's always something else to take the addiction's place. So I've been a redundant addict most of my life. Um, started with alcohol, started drinking myself unconscious, um, which is not good. I still drink today. I just don't drink myself sick and unconscious uh, anymore as much, right? Being, being honest right there. But uh, alcoholism, there's people that will demonize alcohol. And I've noticed that that wasn't helpful for me because in my own recovery story, I was sent to rehab by the state of Washington, where I learned that I have a disease that I can never touch alcohol again, that alcohol's the devil, uh, wasn't helpful because I went from alcohol to crack cocaine and methamphetamine, which wasn't better. All right. Um, and then from that, because I had found the right Christian God, right, I I devoted myself to religion to a certain extent and it, it delivered me from these chemical dependencies. And then the sex thing was still there. Right. Started out with pornography for many years and then evolved into um, while I was married, being an adulterous adulterer. Um, prostitutes it, it got really dark for me um and and that's why i do this podcast because I, I have a passion to to help people not take that slide right down into you know and you can sure you can go 90 days without looking at pornography there's that's the nofap site right like Go 90 days, and this is behavior mod, and you want to be better in bed, right? You're not suffering with uh, erectile dysfunction. Um, and that's the thing about nofap Christians. Like, what if what the Bible says about sexuality is actually better, right? Like, what if that spiritual deep connection that you can have with someone, a bond for life, right? Like, what if that's actually better? What if the sex is better, you know? 
like some of you guys who have experienced makeup sex with your spouse or girlfriend or something, right? You you felt that. You you know what that feels. That feels like connection, right? It feels like belonging. It feels like it's deeper than just an orgasm that you have with someone you met at a party, for example. Uh, it, 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 and that's that's what the Bible is going to say about purity, to use that word. Uh, even though that word's been kind of jacked up in Christian terminology, it's it's meant to mean things that are not possible quite, you know. Jesus talking about, you know, if, hey, if your eye causes you to sin, pluck it out. If your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. Um, Jesus is talking about something deeper here. So when we talk about purity, um, it, it's, a, it's a heart thing before it's a behavior thing. And that's what I wanted to express to this, um, this guy who, who posted this stuff because he was kind of like, I'm going to, st- I got 15 days, I'm going to stay busy, right? Like, I'm going to stay busy with working out, I'm going to stay busy with uh, other things. And, and, and there can be some good in that, sure. But it can also be kind of like another idol or behavior mod or just replacing the porn behavior with something else. And we can connect emotionally to it, which I believe is the main reason we get addicted in the first place. So this is what I posted. I'll just read it to you. What if instead of white knuckling it, when you feel the urge, I challenge you to stop, turn your eyes inward to your childlike self, pray and breathe. Uh, my friend Seth Taylor would say, you know, get calm yourself, breathe for a while, get to this peaceful place and then pray and ask, ask God to, to, to remove it, you know, find it in your body, put your hand on it. Where does it feel the urge come from? Where do you feel it? That's not necessarily from your genitals. Usually it's from the heart, right? Get in this quiet place and then and then ask God to, to what is this? And please please pull it from me. Or just help me identify it. What what do I need? What am I lacking? What am I trying to bond to and using addiction? And there's maybe too many words there, but you get on this level with your creator in prayer. You're just like crawling up in daddy's lap as a little kid. That childlike faith. There's something very powerful about that about not just using words in your prayer life, but getting into that. First, you got to go into yourself. You have to get into that childlike place where you're, where you're a little kid, all right? That's a spiritual, it's not just your inner child, and people say that. It, it's your spirit, man. It's, it's below your body and your ego. Your ego is out here trying to survive and trying to post right not just on facebook but what it is to the world or who you are to the world but down down in that place where you're the little kid you're that's where you are that's your authentic self so first it's breathing and getting to the point where you are that little kid and then it's crawling up in daddy's lap and then it's putting you know hey pointing out the pain and and asking god in prayer just in the quiet space to to bring it out to pull it from you because this is healing all right this this is where maybe there's a need that's gone unmet maybe there's a a way that you've been devalued in your life where you don't feel significant where you don't feel like you contribute like 
you, you don't feel lovely and God loves you so it's, it's I can't even fathom how much God loves you 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 will feel it you, you pray that you feel it you experience it this is not religion all right this is getting into a real authentic beautiful relationship with your creator and the lover of your soul who loves you immensely so that's that was the challenge i didn't use those words but that's what i wanted to say I, I, here's what i did say i said resist the urge and uh resist the urge to run and busy yourself it's going to function the same way porn does it'll be healthier but still idolatry we need to slow down our hearts and minds and get in touch with that little kid self of childlike faith. There's feelings of value, worth, significance. These are the feelings that bond um, the bonds of your compulsion, your, the bond your compulsion feeds on. Jesus will meet you there. Pornography is not the root of your problem. It's a, f- a functional yet false idol medication. And, take it from me, 11 years of this, the beautiful part of the spiritual path is healing, not just stop sinning. It gets way deeper than that. It gets way deeper than behavior. Obedience, right? Why would we be obedient? Anyway, that's me chiming in. Um, If you go to a church or denomination that continues to encourage the monster in you that is beating you up from the inside out, it may be time to find a more authentic, authentic and healthy social organization of believers. Truth is, you are far more loved than you can fathom, and it's God's kindness that grows heart change. And then I quoted uh, a verse, Romans 4, 2, or do you have no regard for the wealth of his kindness and tolerance and patience in withholding his wrath? This is from the Amplified Bible. Are you actually unaware or ignorant of the fact that God's kindness leads you to repentance? This is to change your inner self, your old way of thinking. Seek his purpose for your life. Um, the, the big idea, the big thing I want you to remember about that verse is that it's it's God's kindness that leads us to repentance. It's not you, if you can feel more guilty, you know, there's a lot of denominations out there that teach that. If you can beat yourself up more, maybe you'll change. That's not true. It's shame. Um, and shame is toxic. Guilt is a normal human emotion. Shame says, you know, you didn't just do bad. You are bad. Shame gets into your identity. It has a voice, and that voice needs to be eradicated. And sadly, there's whole, you know, religions dedicated to trying to control you based on this outside voice that says you're garbage, you're not worthy, you're not lovely. Um. They'll say things like, you know, Jesus paid your sin debt, like it's some kind of a cold transaction that God doesn't really love you, but he paid, you know, he paid you off. Uh, That's dark. That's not, that's toxic. 
All right. Yes, I believe in the economy of the cross, but the cross is so much bigger than some cold, empty transaction, some deal that you make with the God broker, whoever that is at your church or denomination. Um, so what did I want to communicate? Because I left it, right? I, I said, uh, I said, it's getting into these needs. And this is something I'm writing about in my book is, is identifying those needs, the places where we feel, and, and sometimes we're unconscious of it. This is, this is all addiction. I also, there's some, some work I, I studied, um, by a professor, like I read that on the last podcast, who said uh, a researcher, the researcher's addiction, he wrote a book about it, and he talked about how he wants to eradicate the word addiction altogether and call it bonding. Like we're bonding to something when we need human connection, when we need love, when we need to feel valued, when we need to feel like we're contributing, when we need to feel a sense of adventure, when we need to feel like we're maturing and growing, when we need those things, instead we we tend to go to the chemical Right. Or or have that mind blowing, you know, that, that, that dopamine hit orgasm. But we're bonding to that. Is, is it because it's easier? I, I don't know. I think it's because we've learned to connect to it because it makes us feel something. And what we're craving truly is to feel that bond the bond of relationship. It's relationship with spirit. It's relationship with God. It's relationship with you and that childlike faith part of yourself. It's relationship with other people in your life. Not just family, but other sojourners, people that are, are seeking healing and growth and maturity. That's what we're looking to bond to. That's what we need. It's not just you know, it's not just go play basketball because you feel right. Like jerking off. Um, you can learn from sometimes a relapse. All right. I know that that's hard and some of you may not like that, but you can learn a lot from a relapse. Why did you do it? What were you feeling? You can ask yourself these questions before or after the fact. Before the fact makes you feel better because you realize you're not giving in to that bond. You're breaking that relationship. You're, it's sort of like, and it is a relationship. Like I, I view porn as that. Like, it, it, you know, it'll always take my calls. It, that's how it, I'm, I'm to the point now where it's not taking my calls. Like it doesn't feel, uh, it, it's not, I'm not bonded to that in the sense that it's going to, satisfy and and you know people say oh well, you're free right you've got freedom over this thing um yes but that's not always the greatest thing cuz there's always something else waiting to take its place and and really the the journey is a journey of healing and wholeness uh my friend Paul Young a past guest author of the the book the shack said something profound to me. He said, uh, when the truth of your being matches the way of your being, that's wholeness. This is seeking the truth of your being. 
What do you need? And for, for all of us, it's, it's different. I did a podcast on this on the big feed, the big podcast, ASI247.org. If you go, if you search keyword sexual addiction in iTunes, uh, uh, that's my claim to fame, right? I have the number one most listened to podcast under keyword sex addiction or sexual addiction, um, not saying that to brag, right? It keeps my ego in check because it's not something I necessarily want to advertise (laughs) to my family and friends, right? Um, But nevertheless, I did two episodes on the seven needs and I'm doing a book about it. Uh, Not necessarily just the seven needs. It's about my life and um, compulsive behavior and addiction as well what I've learned about it, doing a podcast on the subject for 11 years. So that can be found at ASI247.org. Thanks for listening, you guys. And and again, I pray that you realize this reality of the bond, the, the emotional, spiritual bond, the relational bond that we're seeking, that we need. I love you guys. Seriously mean that. Sincerely. Russ at ASI247.org if you uh, want to get in, in touch with me there. My Reddit handle is Russell ASI. if you do use Reddit, if you're a Reddit user. Uh, and check out NoFap and NoFap Christians. Uh, it can be a great, great way to uh, find some healing, find some growth. You know, be on the road with other sojourners is what it is. These are people who are seeking uh, healing. Till next time, bye. I've been, I've been, I've been, I've been, I've been, I've been, I've been gone way too long and I'm back where I belong. I've been, I've been, I've been, I've been, I've been, I've been gone way too long and I'm back where I belong. But I'm standing in the rain and I can't know what the blame and it's all And this hell is hell And let's get that toy again Well you won't see us coming till we're already gone I'm back, I'm back, I'm back, I'm back where I belong I've been gone way too long and I'm back where I belong A little punk on the ASI podcast That is rancid, legendary punk band right there Uh, ASI247.org is the website for this podcast And check out Punk Theology I think you'll like it. Punktheology.com and everywhere podcasts are consumed. Till next time. Bye. Yeah, I'm a